Welcome to The Bent Times. I'm Catherine. And I'm Matthew. And today we're talking to our friend Ariel Fragasi, who you might know online as Toasty Treat, about how she uses fountain pens as an author. Hi, Ariel. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. We're very I'm excited. excited to be here. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> Ariel and Matthew and I, well, Matthew and I met Ariel last year at the Dallas Pen Show. Yep. So we're we're approaching the one year mark of knowing each other. Our our one year friend anniversary. Yeah, it's sad we're not gonna get to spend it together at the Dallas Pen Show this year. I'm very disappointed in 2020 for ruining <laughs> all of this for us. <laughs> I know. I was going to get to go to my first uh, San Francisco show, and I was going to go to the Chicago show, and yeah, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, we were going to do San Francisco as well, and and I'm always, I'm always bummed if I miss Dallas, because that's one of my favorite shows, um, so... Yeah, last year was my first Dallas show, um, and it was a lot of fun. I really like the Dallas show. I think it's kind of fun how it's in a couple rooms, and the hotel is really nice. Uh, it's just a kind of fun experience because Texas. <laughs> Always Texas. A really cool bar scene, I feel like, afterwards. Just like a cool space with a lot of... It just feels like open and fun. It is. It's mm -hmm. this crazy like atrium space um, in the hotel where you can sit, and it just always has good light, airy vibes even at night. And I just think it's so fun. And I wish we could all be there next. Would it be in two weeks from now? I think. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Dromgles is still doing a like a mini show. Um, I haven't decided yet if I'm gonna go to it just because I've been trying to stay home as much as possible. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not sure yet if, we're, if we'll be able to go. That's the thing for me too, is I would love to go. Uh, Richard of retro 51 is the designer who we worked with and he's going to be there and I would love to meet him in person. I know Matthew met him last year, but I didn't meet him. I'd love to talk to him and just have a beer buy him a beer and be like thanks for all your help on our pen but yeah that involves me getting on a plane and i am genuinely not ready <laughs> yeah i don't blame you i'm not even ready to drive like four hours four or five hours to dallas like it's just not um i don't know it's just kind of scary still but yeah <laughs> Speaking of driving 10 hours, by the time y'all are listening to this podcast, Matthew will have driven 10 hours and be in Indianapolis shipping Retro 51s with me in my living room. So, cheers. Yeah, we're going to have a we're going to have a packing party and get all those <laughs> get all those retros shipped out and into everyone's hands. So, anybody listening to this that ordered one, thanks for your patience on the shipping. We had to wait for the sleeves to come in and some shipping supplies and stuff, but we'll get on it. So I'm excited to get mine. I'm so excited yeah. for you to get it. <laughs> I'll have to take lots of pictures. I can't wait. You are really good at taking pictures of things that are hard to photograph. I don't know how you do it, <laughs> but you do. I take like 
80 pictures and maybe one of them is good. (laughs) (laughs) Secrets out, guys. It's 80 pictures, no less. And pick the good one. Yeah, it's just scrolling through. (laughs) I love it. Ariel, I knew, was destined to be a friend of mine when we realized we both have a problem with rod and and shiny things. (laughs) Yes. You got a uh, pen done by Bocamundo recently, mm-hmm. and I remember you were like, oh my gosh, photographing it is so hard, but yet your pictures of it were stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it helps that the pen itself is just gorgeous. Like, Hiroko did such an amazing job on that pen, and it took inspiration from your pen. I, I sent her a picture of your pen, and I said, do this. And <laughs> she did, and it turned out so good with all that rotten. And I really want to get another one done, but I'm just scared to ship anything to Japan right now. So I'll be patient. Yeah, our uh, our latest order that was going to go to her is lost. Yeah, yeah I'm hoping. So I hope it shows up. Did y'all? Yeah, ship I mean, it, like, it never priority? even left the states. No, we just shipped it like first class international, and it never even left the United States. Like it left the Indianapolis post office and then just disappeared. They don't oh, know no. where it is, if it ended up anywhere, but it's got some pretty expensive stuff in there. So, Yeah, I would be freaking out. Like when I sent, because I sent her the cross Concord and, um, you know, it's that special dual layered nib and I contacted her and I said, I'm, I'm really worried about shipping the pen with the nib. Can, uh, will can I just pull the nib out and send it to you? And she responded, please, please pull the nib. (laughs) I don't, she's like, I don't want to be responsible for that. So I sent it to her without the nib because, because that's what makes the pen. I mean, otherwise it's, it's pretty much just a 1911 large, um, you know, with a special band. This is like special nib or whatever, but that's more replaceable than, the nib like what you're paying for on that pen is that nib so yeah like that nib would just go into any other like full-size 1911 mm-hmm. yeah you can even put it in a conid yeah or like a oh conid or something so you yeah can, you could repurpose the nib if you had to yeah i love that you knew you wanted to get rod and work done and went with just the most epic of pen choices. <laughs> like we're going to go with a sailor cross Concord for this vessel. Yeah. And I think it's magical. <laughs> well, what, what was great about it was I had been looking at those special nib pens for, cause Romgul sells them. So when they got them in, I went in, I tried them all out. I, I fell in love with the cross Concord. And if you look at my Instagram, my sailor collection is all limited edition pens. And so they're all colorful and they're all shiny and sparkly or whatever. They're they're all special. I don't really have I think I have one like production, like regular production pen. So when the when I saw the cross concord, I loved the nib, but I hated the fact that the body was just so plain. Like, cause that's just not my style. And um so my husband bought me he surprised me with it i had no idea he was buying it for me but my um uh, right before our anniversary uh hiroko emailed me because i had gotten on her waiting list without knowing what pen i was going to have her do 
And I was just planning to buy something whenever it popped. And uh, she messaged me, and she was like, okay, I'm ready for your pen. And so I, it was like the two days before our anniversary, and I told my husband, man, it would be really nice if I had the budget to get across Concord. But I don't, because it's, it's not a cheap pen. And he surprised me with it, and he's like, here you go. Now you have the pen, the perfect pen to send to her. So that was, Aww. like, really, it was really sweet. Like, I was not expecting it, because we weren't doing presents. So he gave me that, and I was like, I don't have a present for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet, though. That's so sweet. That's really awesome. What yeah, cool he went to Dromgul's, and he got it. And when he when he handed it to me, I recognized it, because Dromgul's will do gift wrapping. And um, so I recognized the wrapping paper, and I was oh like, "Oh my gosh, Dromgles!" <laughs> so yeah. So then when I went into Dromgles, like afterwards, they were all like, "Yay, happy anniversary!" <laughs> so. Oh, that's awesome. Because and it's and it's turned the pen turned out so well. So it did. It's yeah. so beautiful. And I was worried about like the gold with the rodden, but I think it it I, there was nothing to worry about. Like I, it turned she's out really, really good. good at. F- picking warmer tone pieces Mm -hmm. to go with the gold if it needs to be she's good at that so yeah so i will link it below the picture of this pen they were talking about but if you guys have seen my sailor pro gear it has the sort of mosaic pattern along the bottom of the body and it sort of fades out towards the cap in a gradient effect and ariel got a very similar finish on hers Mm mm-hmm and you're, how, how close is Dromgul's to your house? Less than 10 minutes drive. That explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's on my way home from work. And so it's, it's really not out of my way to, to stop there on my way home from work. So sometimes I'll, I'll stop there and just like hang out until they close. <laughs> They'll turn the lights off and kick me out. But <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I but, love yeah. that. And, and then on weekends, especially since we haven't really had, um, you know, pen shows and stuff. So weekends kind of have been kind of like little pen meetups. Like people will just come and hang out and um, everyone wears their mask and social distances and they've got hand sanitizer everywhere and stuff like that. Um, but it's nice to just like that's basically the only other place I go other than work <laughs> is to go to draw goals and, and I hang out and buy things. <laughs> I love that. I think that's like, I wish we had a drum ghouls here because I would do that. I wish everybody had a drum ghouls, but we would all be extremely poor. <laughs> yeah, we would. Somehow, Michael Dromgul finds ways to be my dealer. Yeah. Even though I'm, I don't know, what, 800, 900 miles away? So you guys know about this, but he slid into my DMs last week and was like, hey, girl, I got these pens. I don't know if you're into this, but, like, thought you might be into this. And I was like, uh-oh. And he sent me a picture of all of the Mont Blanc Writer series from 1992 on. And I was like, uh, yes. <laughs> he can read. He can read a customer very yeah. well. Yeah, usually when when I walk into the store, within several minutes of me being there, they have opened a box and put something in my hands. 
That's just the and, normal. And he, they're really, and I and I don't know the rest of the staff there. I, I just know Michael from shows, but they're so accommodating. So mm-hmm. if it's you know if you like a pen, but maybe like they don't have that exact one and the right color or the right finish, the right style, you know, they'll help source it or find it. Um, they'll order stuff for you. They're such a cool shop, like, and they just have such an incredible um, collection. I mean, just to when pen shows come back around for anybody that doesn't know about drum goals, like find their table and just look, just go by and look, lock up your wallet and look. <laughs> yeah. And that, and they've been posting a lot of used pens, uh, online now too. So that's been, that's been dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And they curate these really incredible collections from other collectors and people, mm-hmm. I don't know how they find, I don't know if they're estate sales or if people come to them to sell their stuff, but you know, they always seem to have really interesting stuff in their used department. So on top of being one of the few places that carry some of the more unique pens or higher end pens i mean they're the david oscarson place mm-hmm. and yeah drum goals if you're listening uh, we need to come down there we just have to figure it out <laughs> yeah also <laughs> why did you have to show me all the mont blanc pens like why why <laughs> why why all the writers they're gorgeous. So I went and looked at them, what was left, because they had already sold some by the time I got in there on Saturday. And I they had the, the the Kafka pen that's like got the cockroach on the nib and it's and it's like the, the body is made to look like a cockroach wings, like the color. It was just so such a cool pen. I'd never seen it before. And um I actually walked around the store with that pen for like an hour. And I was just like, I can't do it. I can't spend this much money right now. But it's a gorgeous pen. If they still have it, it's a shame because somebody needs to own that pen. I can totally relate because (laughs) I saw the pictures and I may or may not have picked up the Agatha Christie. (laughs) I now have a 1993 fountain pen in my life. And it's got a snake. A snake. A snake. <laughs> it's a snake. It's almost as old as you are, Catherine. Almost. Not quite. Oh, almost. It's close. <laughs> it's close. It's, it's getting You're there. You're a similar vintage. I'm a similar <laughs> vintage to my, my Agatha Christie. It's so pretty. It has like sterling silver trim and the snake's eyeballs are little tiny baby rubies. <sighs> it's so it's good. Fancy. It's bougie. It's so fancy. I'm... I'm a savage, classy, bougie. Don't. We're not going. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> Today's been a long day. Just let it happen, okay? Yeah. So, okay, we have to ask you the question, Ariel. <laughs> okay. What is your radioactive spider bite and pens? <laughs> so, I think I'm a lot like a lot of the people that you've interviewed in the past that are you know, growing up, I was always really picky about stationery. Um, I had, uh, I grew up in a military town. Uh, so about every two years, all my friends would move away. <laughs> and that was like before we had, you know, the internet and long distance phone calls were expensive. You know, we didn't have Skype and stuff like that. So I had a lot of pen pals 
Um, and we, and so I would collect nice stationery and, you know, the, the jelly roll pens and like stuff like mm. that and, and write letters to my friends. And that's how we would, you know, keep up with each other. And so I was always like very particular about, you know, not finding nice stationery and cool pens and colors and, and stuff like that. And when it came to fountain pens, uh, I would say it was a long, uh, I don't know, maybe a decade ago, I bought my husband a um, a Plumix, a Pilot Plumix, I think yeah. they make it. And I bought it for him um, because I wanted him to start journaling. And so I bought him a journal, a moleskin journal, and this Plumix because he had seen them and he thought they were really cool. And um, so it was awful. It leaked. It didn't write very well. It was just not a good experience. We probably didn't know what we were doing either. Um, and so that really kind of turned me off of fountain pens for a while because it was just, like, not a good experience for either of us. Um, and then one of my author friends got a Pilot Metropolitan about four or five years ago, and he was writing with it, and he was telling me how amazing it was, and so I tried it out, and I was like, oh, this is this is really nice. And I asked him, you know, because we had been burned with that other pen, you know, does it leak? Does it have problems? And he said, no, 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 it's great. So I agonized over that $15 pen for like a month, you know? <laughs> like, oh, that's a lot Why have the tables just, have turned? Know, right? <laughs> like, oh, that's so much money to spend on a pen. And so I bought it. I bought it with a medium nib. I did not like the medium nib. It was too broad for me. I wanted something, like, really fine. Um, but I couldn't buy another pen because I had spent so much money. So uh, I ended up losing that one in a bar. And because um, <laughs> we we would do, uh, I know we're going to get to, like, the writing portion of this later, but we, um, we had a group of friends um, that we would always meet up at, like, this bar and write together. We called them, cool. uh, like, the, the, the traditional term for it is a write-in, but we called them drink-ins. And so, you know, get, <laughs> at, write drunk, edit nice. sober. Um, oh so, my gosh, uh, I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah so we um, we would meet up at bars, this, this particular bar, um, and I accidentally left the pen there and, and it, it disappeared. So I bought another Metropolitan and Fine and then just kind of slowly kept adding to my collection um but it it wasn't until we went to japan in 2016 that i really bought my first like gold nib i bought a vanishing point while we were over there I, it was really hard for me to find a vanishing point because i didn't know in japan that they're called capless so oh. <laughs> when i asked like for a vanishing point the people didn't know what it was talking about so that was fun but yeah so i bought a vanishing point over there and then just kind of slowly kept going and now I spend way too much money on pen and ink. <laughs> uh, don't we all? Yeah. I think it really got bad when I moved, because we used to live a little bit further out of town. And two years ago, we moved closer into town, and I was able to go to drum goals multiple times a week. <laughs> so I, every time I visited, I would like buy a bottle of ink or buy something. And yeah, it just kept getting worse and worse. <laughs> I, I think it's a great club to be in honestly i think it's it is it's a it's a fun as long as you're staying within your means and you just rearrange your budget to make room for your pens like 
Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely scaled back some of my collections. I was collecting um, enamel pins, um, and I don't really do that anymore. So yeah. I, a lot of my budget, you, you shift your priorities, so. Yeah, my <laughs> priorities used to be, like, fancy wine, and now I'm over <laughs> here just drinking the LaCroix being like, that'll do. I will buy a pen instead. <laughs> yeah, I, levels of bougie. <laughs> We've talked about this on on the podcast before, but you know, a couple years ago, I was just collecting, buying anything I could afford, get my hands on some stuff I couldn't afford, just you know, yeah. just buying stuff just to have it. And I mean, at one point, I had I don't know a couple hundred over I don't know like two hundred fifty pens or something like that. At one point, it was just I had bins with pens in them that I didn't even know what they were. I had parts for pens. I had vintage pens that were broken and that I was <laughs> going to get repaired one day. And I was, I mean, it was just, you know, you know, it started, it started, um, remember I got an Esterbrook J one time and I was like, Oh cool. It's like a vintage pen. It's pretty cheap. It's, you know, red. And then I was like, Oh, they come in like nine colors. And then, <laughs> Oh, they have like 60 different nibs for them. And then I was like, yeah. oh, and then there's like an SJ version of each one. So they like, you know, it just compounded. And so I had to like scale back a little bit about five years ago, six years ago, and just kind of start over. So Yeah, we um we actually yeah. ended up downsizing when we moved into town because we, we lived in a um a, a house. Like we, we had a bought a house um in the suburbs and we did kind of like the opposite of what a lot of people do, like a lot of people like live in town in a small apartment and they move to the suburbs to like start a family. We were living in the suburbs and we were like, well, we're not having kids anytime soon. My husband's job was making him, he was like commuting an hour and a half every day. And my commute was an hour and, um, each way. So he was commuting like three hours a day. It was crazy. Um, and so we were like, we're going to sell our house. We downsized. So we had like 2,100 square feet. And a garage and attic storage. And we moved into a 925 square foot apartment and with it with no storage. So we really had to kind of sit and look at like what we were collecting, what we were buying and really start prioritizing like because my husband had a huge, huge retro game collection. It was an entire room of our house was retro games yeah and he sold the whole collection and also part of it was like after hurricane harvey because we moved pretty shortly after hurricane harvey just like seeing like the the flooding and the devastation we were worried that our house was gonna flood during harvey it got pretty close and we were like we don't want to have to have this kind of like anxiety about like all of our stuff and all this valuable stuff getting ruined and all that um and pens i mean if the boxes get ruined, it's not the end of the world, but I can grab my pen case and evacuate pretty easily, but an entire room full of video games was not going to <laughs> to move. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, pens are a little bit easier for me to collect, and I, I, I try to be, you know, cognizant of what I, what I get and what I add to my collection, um, that it, that it really, like, is something that I really want to make part of my collection, so... And I know that you are, you do that a lot better than like me, 
Because I know, because you'll text me and be like, I really want this, but I'm like, I'm showing restraint because I'm saving for X. And I think it's really cool that you can stay focused um, and really hone your collection in the way that you want and not get too distracted by pretty things. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is like my husband and I kind of have like a set budget. And so we try to make it fair. Like he's allowed to buy these things and I'm allowed to buy like we have. We we know what's what our means are. He he collects. He he does like music, uh, and so he has this like um, electronic music thing that he built. It's a, called a modular. I call it his beep boop. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, so uh, he uh, he has that, and that that can get expensive. Like all the modules, because like each module is like a different instrument. Um, but anyway, so he has that. I have pens and. Um, we kind of try to balance our spending. So like if he buys, if he's going to buy something expensive, then, you know, it's got to be within his budget and the same for me. So I'm, I'm saving right now for when Conid reopens because I really want a king size. And I know if I buy a Nakaya or a Tachia or something like that, then I'm not going to be able to get that king size. And that's what I really, really want. So trying to be good. I love that. (laughs) <laughs> That's what both of us like really say is important is just mm-hmm. figuring out what that budget is and trying to stay within your means and not get the FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Mm. It is hard. Yeah. Especially when Sailor releases a a new shiny limited edition. They're the worst. Like, like every Sailors month, the worst. too. I mean. <laughs> All the time. Golly. I can't. I can't keep up with it. Yeah, yeah. I've got four sailors, five sailors, because I bought one from you. And oh, then yeah. I've got one from CY, uh, three cocktails coming in. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's crazy. I need to get with Richard, I guess, or, I mean, um, Michael. Richard, I need to get with Michael about the cocktail series and figure out when he needs monies for that because I have all of them. All of them are spoken for out of the whole set except for Angel's Delight, which is yeah, I knew was going to be the sell. hardest one to yeah. just. I mean, because they're popping up on like Reddit for like two hundred bucks, and so like mm-hmm. nobody's going to buy one for two seventy nine. Like, yeah, they could have ju- they could have just left that one out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get my Blue Lagoon, so yeah. I, you know, whatever. Yeah, like the- and, and I mean, if you if you take a slight loss on the Angels Delight, it's still more, or you're going to be paying less for the Blue Lagoon than when you you would have paid like someone on eBay. So, yeah, the cheapest <laughs> I've seen a Blue Lagoon was like five twenty five recently. Yeah. so which is just real expensive. I mean, that's the cost of two of the pens from the tenth anniversary yeah. series. Yeah, I'm gonna get a. I'm getting a blue lagoon from one of the group buys, so I'm pretty excited about that. I wish. I wish I was getting a blue lagoon. <laughs> I may borrow yours. You could do your own group buy. You can get an Angel's Delight. <laughs> I'm getting the. What is it? The mojito. The mojito. Yeah. I'm excited. Just get, for that take one. that Angel's Delight and send it to Hiroko, and be like, make this beautiful it's actually not a, a bad gear. idea yeah you should do gear. that matthew yeah it is a pro gear it would be it would look really good with some arushi 
And I think it's got clear finials, so I could just leave the clear finials and then have her do something funky to it. It's not yeah. a bad idea because I'm yeah. never going to, like, get my money out of it. Yeah. Just turn it into um, something that makes you happy. It's <laughs> a good idea. This is why we're friends with you. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solving. And also yep. enabling and enabling yeah. of the Arushi all at once. It's amazing. Maybe I'll send her the Blue Lagoon while I'm at it. <laughs> no. Oh no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, God, no. Just sprinkle some yeah. rotten on there. Yeah. I'm hoping. So I have the sanctuary. Did you get the sanctuary too, Ariel? Yes. So I have the Bungu Box sanctuary coming, which is sort of like a more deeper toned subdued but sparkly version of blue lagoon and i'm having cy plate it rhodium because i'm a psychopath who plates her limited edition sailors now apparently uh whoops and i'm hoping that it'll like be a nice compliment to the lagoon so when matthew and i put our pens together they can be like hey friend hey how are you and then like have like a little powwow of the cute pens little powwow yeah i'll be excited to see what it looks like with the plating yeah i'll bring it uh whenever we manage to get our butts down to texas yeah we're gonna get some margaritas and some queso oh yes, yes please all the tex-mex how mm-hmm. much queso <laughs> all the queso can i just get a straw with my queso please <laughs> Just one like of those a margarita like, glass full of queso. Yeah, the fat and, like, straws those that comes boba in like straws. the boba tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get the chunks of like pepper up in there. Oh. Jalapeno bits. No, oh, stop. No. <laughs> now I really want some queso. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I didn't eat. I uh, I sat down at five, 6.30 after my shift today and was like I have not sat down I have not peed I have not eaten I should maybe reassess how I do my days apparently Mm. but anyway I was uh, using a bump in the night retro 51 at work today it was super fun love it Yeah. okay so I want to know this Ariel you Mm -hmm. are an author a published author Yep. <laughs> you recently published your first book. Congratulations. Thank you. Ariel writes under a pseudonym and publishes fic uh Wow. <laughs> oh. Oh my brain just went <laughs> I saw it in your face. <laughs> Blue screened. I was gonna say Ariel writes fantasy, which is not true. <laughs> at all uh i mean i guess it is kind of some people's fantasies yeah, so, fantasy. <laughs> so i mean i actually i actually do write um uh i <clears throat> i have a couple books written that are urban fantasy they like with a little paranormal romance in them um those i have not published yet because i want it basically in the urban fantasy genre really in order to do to do well and make money, you have to write a series. Um, so I wrote the first two books in the series, and then I got mad at it and put it aside. So it's, like, edited, and I have covers, and it's just sitting there. Because then I changed my mind, and I decided to write romance. 
And so the book that I published uh, is a romance uh, book. And I have another book coming out September 16th. So. Yay! Oh, nice. Happy awesome. book. So anyway, Ariel writes romance, not whatever <laughs> brain fart that just was. But yes, <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Um, I am so amazed that two of my friends somehow both work in books. <laughs> Like, you're an author, yeah. Matthew's a book designer. Like, how weird is that, right? It is pretty weird. It's kind like of a small mine's... world. So do you, <laughs> when you, when you, Ariel, when you write, mm-hmm. do you go straight to a computer? Or do you write things, like, on paper, in a journal? Or, I mean, how are you, when you're rough concepting a story, how are you writing? So I do a lot of my brainstorming uh, with a pen, pen and paper. Um, I have, mm-hmm. a like, an Anami journal um that i i carry with me everywhere and so uh i'll write down like story ideas in it and um uh i do my brainstorming and note taking and and because i really like kind of that pen to paper when i'm just trying to like get stuff out that doesn't really make a lot of sense unless it's on paper like sometimes i just gotta get it out of my head and just like put the words on paper and really kind of cross them out and play with them and all that. Um, so all my brainstorming and some of my outlining, I generally do, uh, by hand, but in order to like write a novel by hand, it would take forever. (laughs) Um, and, and with me wanting to publish, like my current goal is to, uh, publish it one book every three or so months. Um, so yeah, which, which is hard, (laughs) but, uh, but that's the goal. So, uh, I just can't, I can't handwrite it. Like I used to, like when I was a lot younger, especially if I was sitting in class or, you know, somewhere where I couldn't just type on my computer, I would handwrite out drafts. I really like writing by hand. I feel like I'm more creative that way. But it's just not conducive to, to speed. <laughs> so yeah, no, that makes that makes total sense. So yeah, um, I've I've always been curious about that. You know, I I think it's is it Neil Gaiman that writes most of his books out by hand with a fountain pen. Um, yes. I think he's yeah. put on Twitter. Yeah, I think on on Twitter he talks about he's talked about that a little bit or shared handwritten mm-hmm. pages. You know, from his books online, and I'm always like, man, you know. You could skip a whole bunch of steps if you just went to the <laughs> keyboard and just crank that thing out. But, but I guess one you know, of the things does... I liked about writing by hand is you kind of get that first pass, and then when you type sure. it up, you're kind of editing it. Um, so it 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 almost makes kind of a cleaner. You're basically doing like a first draft and a second draft right on top of each right. other. Um, so that's kind of nice. Uh, one of the things that I didn't like was like sometimes I would I would handwrite. And then, uh, then when I got home, I would type it up, but I would finish, I would get to the end of like what I had handwritten. And then it's like, okay, do I keep typing? Because then I can't really go back and read well, you know, it, it, then it becomes disconnected. That's kind of one of the, the hard parts about writing by hand and then also transcribing it, um, on the computer. But so do you you so you write in stages then so you may get to a certain point in a story and then decide to go ahead and transcribe that into the computer so you can kind of edit through that first bit 
and then go um, back and complete it later? Yeah, I mean, I will, uh, I'll brainstorm and, and kind of get an idea of, like, what, who the characters are and, like, what their flaws are, what their goals and motivations are, you know, just, like, who they are. And so, and so sometimes it's just nice to kind of write that out. But nowadays, pretty much all of my drafting is done because I type, like, 100 words per minute, so it's all, it's just so much faster than writing by yeah, hand. Yeah, I'm um, sure, yeah. I, I and and so I'll, so I'll write out some of like a, a rough draft of like my beats, my story beats and my chapters and my outlines. Um, but a lot of times I'll um, put that into like a spreadsheet on like Google Docs or something. So I just always have access to it. And then I can take notes and just kind of make sure that I'm following like a, I don't really like um, a really solid rigid outline. I'm not like a huge planner slash outliner. And so I just do like story beats. So I just make sure like, okay, you've got like your main characters meet and, and then they do this and then they do that. And like, just make sure you're hitting like, cause like, especially with romance, like there's certain beats that readers are looking for. Cause otherwise if you don't hit those beats, then you don't like have a satisfying, like a satisfying ending and all that. So sure. it's a, uh, Got kind of like a, a, a structure that, like a loose structure that you can follow. So that, that it's helpful, but it's not too constraining. I'm, I'm impressed by the level of detail and structure you go into before you even really start the story. So as a, as a book designer, I get finished manuscripts. I don't, you know, so I don't know the writing process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I rarely read the manuscript, you know, I'll read, the back cover copy, I'll get a synopsis from the author. You know, most authors, I don't know if you're this way, but most authors have an idea in their head of what their cover is going to look like. So if they write mm-hmm. a romance book, they know that they want, you know, a guy and a girl on a beach or two guys like in a lot <laughs> hotel lobby or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so um, if it's, you know, sci-fi, they know they need like a purple planet and like a spaceship that looks a certain <laughs> yeah. way, right? So, you know, so, so for me, I don't, you know, I don't see that process of how a story develops. So, you know, writing a book feels like this enormously daunting task for me. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it. I was telling Kat, um, before the podcast, um, so I do, um, every November is national novel writing month. And so the idea for national novel writing month, NaNoWriMo, is uh, you write 50,000 words in a month. So I did that. I did my first nano in 2009. And wow. I have done it. I've done it every year since then. So I've done. Would this be year? This would be year 11 or 12. Yeah, yeah whatever. Math. So if um, you know that NaNoWriMo, like, so so that's coming up in, in mm-hmm. two months, right? So yeah. um, are you starting to brainstorm your your concept for this November? Or is it one of those things you start November 1st with a fresh idea and, and, and go? So every year is like a little bit different. Sometimes I go into NaNo and I have no idea what I'm writing. Last year's NaNo, I wrote the book that I published this year. Okay. Oh, cool. And and then I and then I wrote part of the one that I'm about to publish because it was like a novella. It was like I think it was like thirty six thousand words. So I had to keep writing after I finished it. <clears throat> one year I wrote fan fiction. 
So sometimes I just go into it just like, I'm going to write, and I don't know what I'm writing. And it's a good exercise for just, like, sitting down and writing every day. Like, getting into that habit and, uh, like, that just, like, button chair and write. <laughs> um, because that's, like, the most important thing is just, like, just like a lot of people say, they ask for advice. Like, how do I get started writing a book? And I'm like, you, you got to write. Like, people yeah. hate hearing that. <laughs> but you have to write. And they're like, but, but, but how do I do you know, yeah. how, how? I can't tell you how. that. Like, yeah. like you got to put in What's the work. The um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, no, I forgot where I was going with that. But um, but yeah, so I started with Nano and, and, and for this year, um, so I've I've got a book getting ready to come out. I'm working on another book that's going to kind of be like a companion to the first one that I published. Um, and I'm hoping to have the draft of that finished before November, because then in November, I want to write the second book in the series that I'm getting ready to publish. So I kind of have two series going at the same time, which isn't really advised. <laughs> But I Start also kind of characters like, crossed from different books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, in the end, I can just be like, oh, they're all in the same universe, and it doesn't matter. Um, right. But uh, where'd this Bob but, character come from? <laughs> but oh yeah, gosh. so uh, one of the things I like is like it's gonna kind of be a uh, this this first book that I published, like I said, was a novella, so it was less than forty thousand words, and I think this. This book that I'm getting ready to write is also going to be a novella. So I'm going to be breaking up like full length novels with novellas, which I think will just kind of help me put some stuff out like a little bit faster. But also just kind of like part of launching like a, a new pen name and a new author and all that is like just building like a readership and an audience. Because um, that's really that's really the hardest part. Luckily, I'm writing in a, a niche that's uh that has a really strong community and so like my first book has actually been doing pretty well better than i expected it to i expected to put it out and no one to read it but it's actually doing a lot better than i expected so i'm happy <laughs> good and people awesome. are writing really nice amazon reviews about your book i know like i was really surprised because i was like oh they're gonna think it's trash they're gonna because it's a novella and it was something that I just it was really like I didn't get it professionally edited I had a friend design the cover for I, I kind of designed the cover and then I had her kind of polish it up a little bit for me so it's not a professional cover I mean I spent like I had to buy like the formatting software that that was like a little bit expensive but on the actual because the formatting software you can use for any book in the future it's like my actual cost on this book was like 15 bucks so it's um it's done really well considering i didn't pay for and I, in the past i have paid for um writing coaching and things like that so i already kind of knew what my weaknesses were in my own writing and how to like self-edit that so it's not like i've never worked with an editor before but this particular book i didn't pay for editing so yeah, I, um, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. I, I started working with an author a couple of years ago, and um, he's a really sweet guy. Uh, he's a little older, and um, 
So he approaches me a couple years ago and he says, hey, you know, I have a book and there's going to be three or maybe four parts to it. So he's like, there will be, a, it's a series of, of four. He said, and then I've sort of got a very similar series. It's sort of a branch off of this one. And there's going to be at least two of that one, maybe three. So he kind of asked me like, you know, for like this bundle pricing on doing all of his books. And he's like, you know, the covers will remain largely the same. Obviously the title is going to mm-hmm. change, but you know, he's like, I want it to look like a series on a shelf. And so we were working together for a couple of years and I think I just did the, I just finished the third book in the first series and I finished the first book in the second series um, recently for him. And he messages me and he's like, Matthew, I'm really heartbroken because I got some reviews on Amazon and they're very bad. Oh, and no. I was like, and I was oh. like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, I was like, you know, don't let that. I was like, you know, for every bad review you get, you know, there's, there's a ton of positive there's a ton of people out there that think positively about your book. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was like, people are more inclined to write something bad than they are to write something good. You know, I was trying to encourage him. And yeah. he was like, you know, he was like, both, he's like, you know, both of the reviews on, on the first book and all of three of the reviews on the second book. And he's only got a couple of reviews on each. But he was like, they all say the same thing, that it feels like the book wasn't edited. And he was like, do you think I should be using an editor? And I was like, you're not... <laughs> I was like, why aren't you editing your book? And like, I went and like read the reviews and you know, they're like, this is like a guy wrote a book that's never taken like an English course and there's so many problems. And I was like, I was like, you have to edit your book, buddy. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, and he was like, I just feel like I should pull the whole project. I was like, no, no, you've like spent quite a bit of money on your cover design. So like, let's just, I was like, let me connect you with some editors and like, let's see if we can't. You know, because he's doing it through um, the Kindle Direct, the KDP, mm-hmm. and I don't yeah, know if that's, that's what, what you're I doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's doing KDP, and um, he, you know, I was like, look, the good thing about KDP is you can edit your interior on the fly. So mm-hmm. get an editor to do it for you. Just upload a new interior file, and all the ones going forward, you know. And he's like, should I offer to replace the book for the other? I'm like, nope. Like, just let it go. Like, you know. It's don't fine. respond like, to reviews. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> like don't respond to it. He, yeah, that's what he said. He's like, yeah. should I apologize? I'm like, don't apologize. Nope. <laughs> Ignore him. You know, yeah. and he's like, well, how do I get like good buzz about, you know, the revised version? And I was just like, you know, maybe send some out to friends and see if he can get them to read the book and leave you some, leave you some good reviews. But I felt so bad because he's five books in and he's like, should I be using an editor? And I was like, why yeah. aren't you using an editor? <laughs> Yeah, unless you're Ariel, who's taken a bajillion English classes, right, right, right. can yeah, self-edit. You, self-edit. Like, you mean, should probably. Yeah, because I worked with, I, I did one book, I worked with a developmental editor, and, and like all the books that I worked with editors, I haven't published, but it was practice. Like you're learning how, you're learning what, like, what your strengths and weaknesses are, what kind of mistakes you make as a writer, and it, it's hard to get that feedback because you're yeah. you're having someone be like, oh, this is something you poured your blood, sweat, tears onto. I mean, every single time, like even with this book, I had beta readers, like the one that I'm about to publish. I sent it to three beta readers and a professional beta reader, and um, I was scared to look at the feedback, and it was like all super positive. But I was just like, it's awesome. It was. I was really worried. Like I was just. I didn't want to read it. Like, sometimes I'll have my friend... Like, when I published my first book, my friend, who's also... She's a full-time author, so she's been giving me a lot of tips and strategies and stuff. And she was like, 
I will read your reviews. Like, don't look at your reviews. I will read them, and I will only send you the good ones. So, like, she's like, I will filter. And so when I got my first review, it was positive, and, and I, I've been honestly really lucky. Like, all my reviews have been... I. I four and five stars. I have like one three-star review on Goodreads and it's even a positive review. It's just like a positive critical review. And so I was just like, again, like just floored that it, that it's done, like that people like it and that people are reading it and people are buying it. And I'm just like, ah, (laughs) so, but yeah, it's so great. Did you get yourself (laughs) a present as a congratulations for publishing your first novel? I mean, I buy myself so many presents. <laughs> you probably did get a present around about that time. Yeah, I mean, a roundabout way. Uh, I don't have one that I uh, specifically, um, like, Like, I don't have a pen that's like, a, this is my pen. I did buy a kind of a congratulations for myself for, like, publishing this second book. That's it, It's technically published, but it's, like, on pre-order. I bought the, um, the, the new Misubi kimono pagoda diary <laughs> so and you I got I yours already did it you i, know. I got it <laughs> <laughs> it came in we today bought them on the same like, day wow look how, look how shiny, shiny it is it's, it's so uh, freaking shiny <laughs> it's like very yeah. opulent it is so oh. opulent it's so good um but yeah, I, I bought this and I was like, okay, this is my present to myself for like publishing Ugh. another book. And I had always told myself like when I published my first book, I wanted to get like a tattoo to commemorate, like get some ink because I don't have of any the, tattoos. Of the book cover? No, not <laughs> like something symbolic. You should get like a bookshelf like on your back and like, every, like put like, like put the book, each book on the bookshelf. <laughs> No, no, don't do I just that. wanted to That's get, I, I like those like little, like minimalistic tattoos. Like I told her, I was like, oh, I'll get like, eventually I'll get a tattoo. I love that. Yeah. Daryl, our friend Daryl at Masubi dropped his fall collection <laughs> recently, which included new regular A5 diaries with a black and white cat print. Like it's Super literally cute. cats. And then a sketchbook with washi paper and it's bound in this really unique way and it's large format it's roughly a4ish and then he put out these vintage kimono notebooks that he has been teasing to us forever (laughs) and it was all these like videos of him like moving the fabric back and forth in the light so you could see all of the iridescence and stuff and i knew what he was doing (laughs) A hundred percent. And I woke up to a text from Ariel that was like, the kimonos are live. Go now. <laughs> and they sold out. So thank you yeah. uh, for that. Yeah, they sold out in about 24 hours. Um, and he didn't even put those in the newsletter. Because I was reading through the newsletter and I was like, oh, I, I guess he didn't release them. I was like, well, I'll go to the website just in case. And they were there. And so then I started freaking out. And there was definitely like a, go now, go now, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. As many of our listeners know, I have a Masubi that I am terrified to use. This is it. It's got bunny bunnies on it. Yeah. So, like, I won't even. I haven't even started using this yet because I'm just like scared to use it. 
But I got sucked into the Musubi website the other day, and I was real close to buying another one, like buying one of the sketchbooks, the the wide format, because mm-hmm. I was like, this thing is super cool. And I wouldn't have used that one either. It would have just like, I would have stared at it longingly, thinking of all the ways that I could use it. Bring but, your yeah. Musubi to Indianapolis, and we'll crack into it when you get here. Mm-mm. No? Nope. <laughs> He's like, nope. <laughs> Sliding it back into the box. <laughs> It's so pretty, and your there. friend got you that. Your friend wants you to use it. Well, your friend is trying to enable you into high-end notebooks. She should have gotten me a cheaper notebook then. Uh, <laughs> she can get you a cheaper notebook too, but like, come on. I mean, I, I, I bought, so this is my second kimono. I haven't written in either of them, and oh, I bought no. a folio, and I haven't I haven't written in the folio yet either just because I have like two Nanami seven C's that I'm like trying to finish, but they're just so thick. They're like four hundred pages or something, and mm-hmm. so it just takes me Struggle a little while. Through. Yeah. Well, and that's why I just started buying broader nib pens because <laughs> I, I was gonna say get I a go double broad. <laughs> yeah, I go through ink and paper so much faster. When I get my conid, it's gonna be a double broad. Like I'm yes. ready for it, and I'm just gonna fill it up with like whatever ink I just need to get rid of. And just go down. <laughs> I bought a double broad from Franklin Kristoff today that'll be mm-hmm. delivered in a couple of days um, to put in one of my Brooks pens because I was like, I don't know, it's just such a ridiculous nib, and why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Big old giant fire hose of a nib. I got that Nakaya Piccolo cat enjoying the moon, enjoying the moon cat, whatever. I got that Piccolo. With a double broad, and I inked it, and it is obnoxious. <laughs> like, my handwriting has to double in size to mm. not just look like squiggles. That's how it is when I write with, like, the backside of that cross concord. It's uh, great. Yeah. You're like, yeah. once upon a flip page, time <laughs> in a land, flips page, far away, flips page. <laughs> Man, it shows ain't good. <laughs> oh, but it's such a good nib. I kind of need one of those, don't I? Yeah, I'm gonna pick one of those up. I, I, th- I actually been think I've been thinking about it. Like, if we, if we do get down to Drom Ghouls, I think that might be my souvenir from there. Yeah, just make sure they have one in stock because they don't always like they try to keep yeah. at least one in stock. Yeah, if both of y'all want one, have them just like order them and have them there ready for you. So my question is, if I pilgrimage to Dromgulls, do I get a cross-concord nib? Or do I pick up the pilot Yukari shooting star? Why not both? Oh, (laughs) there it is. Oh, no. My my bank... So my bank has this (laughs) online banking app that, like, tells me how much I've spent per month, and it, like, breaks it down by category, and it tells me how over budget I am, and I am guaranteeing you that my bank account (laughs) and my my, uh, online banking would be like, you were X thousand dollars over budget this month because of fountain pens, and it would be I turned that feature off on my bank because I don't (laughs) want to see it. I don't want to know how terrible I am at being an adult. (laughs) Well... I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> Matthew will appreciate this. We just dropped like a sickening amount of money on Jeep parts. <laughs> so Yeah, you two in the Jeeps, man. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, you know, I recently lifted my Jeep and mm-hmm. added rims and tires and a roof rack and mm-hmm. they had to order some um I don't know if you guys I don't know like what all you know about like with your Jeep what all you've done to it, but they have they've like I've got like a weird like wobble in one of the tires, so they're trying to like order me some hub centric rings to try to center mm. the wheels and like they're not sure yeah. exactly what's going on. But it's driving me nuts. Did like, you do the lift yourself or did you have like a I shop didn't. do it? They did it. And it, it's more of yeah. a leveling kit. It lifts yeah, that's it right. lifted the front two inches and like one inch mm-hmm. in the back. So it really leveled it out and just let it let me put bigger tires on it. Um Yeah. 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 So we did we did a three inch lift on the gladiator and then we put thirty seven inch tires on it. But one of the problems like I didn't wow. want to put, I didn't want 37 inch tires. I wanted 35 inch tires, but the 37 inch tires were actually cheaper at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, why not? So whatever we saved in money from buying cheaper tires, we lost in gas <laughs> because. So I was shocked mileage, at how much yeah. of a gap, how much of yeah. a hit my miles per gallon how, took. Like, how many did yours go down? <laughs> um, About five. Mm. five or six went from like 20 to 21 to 14 like 13 and 13 and a half to 14 is that city or highway um like combination yeah it's like a combination um it actually does it does worse on the highway um because (sighs) when you put like bigger tires on um you we we basically because it's like an eight speed automatic and we mm-hmm. we basically lost eighth gear, um so yeah. it has to work harder to like keep those highway speeds. So one of the one of the things that we dropped money on is we're getting it regeared so it'll fix the gear ratio and our gas mileage will improve. It should improve back to close to stock because we're basically getting all the ratios like fixed again, yeah. and then we're also doing. Um, because basically all we did the first time around was we did the lift and the and the tires and then we have like a because ours is the truck like we have like the bed rack because then we can put the rooftop yeah. tent on that and then we have like a drawer system so we're basically building it for overlanding and stuff and uh, so now we're getting a lot of stuff underneath done so we're getting like a truss to strengthen the axle and that that's like one of the more expensive things that we're getting done and then the gears uh, we're upgrading the steering. Uh, we're upgrading this whatever in the in the rear. I don't know. My husband knows all that. I'm just like. So is this a daily driver for one of you, or is this a it's third daily vehicle? driver? This oh, is my wow. daily driver. Yeah, yeah. So so my Cherokee, my little Cherokee KL, which is mm-hmm. you know it would it'd be fine for like some over like light overlanding. Like I would never take it like rock crawling or anything, right? But it would be great for overlanding because it's I mean, it's four wheel drive. It's but it's. I live in a small town, so it's very, like, stop. Like, everything's within, like, a couple mm-hmm. miles. So it's very stop and go. And so, like, right now, my gas mileage around town is, like, 14 and a half. Yeah. And then the highway <laughs> is, like, 21 or 22. So I'm good with that. I'm okay with that because the car I had before was a Subaru Outback, which was also lifted with tire, with bigger tires. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was about the same. And then my... Tundra that I had between the Outback and the Jeep was getting about seven miles to the gallon. Oh in town gosh! And about which is why you traded it in. Yeah. Yeah, I had the Tundra for like two months and was like, 
Mm. Got to go. I mean, like to so like I would leave the house, go like pick up my daughter, take her to school, and then go to work. You know, come home. It was just I mean, it's just like that little distance. You know, a couple of miles mm-hmm. each day, and and I mean, it was regularly six to between six and eight miles to the gallon. And I'm not like a heavy footed driver. It's just that constant like in in neighborhoods stop and go it's was brutal. killing me. So we had. We got our first Jeep in, like, I think it was, like, oh, I don't know, like, 2010-ish. We had a Jeep, and then they they redid the motors, and they kind of improved them a little bit in, like, 2012. And so we got a new one in 2014. I totaled that one on the highway. Like, I, I flipped it. <gasps> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this guy, like, stopped in front of me, and I tried to swerve, and I and I couldn't, like, get... Oh, like I couldn't get around him fast enough, and so my like part of my tire hit the back of his car and like flipped me over. <gasps> I mean, luckily, like I did swerve because I would have probably like monster trucked him. But yeah, so Oof. I flipped the Jeep and I walked away like I was fine. Like, oh my gosh, th- I'm nothing. So and so my husband was like, maybe we should get you like a smaller car that like stops faster or whatever. And I'm like, no, I want another Jeep. <laughs> like, so uh, won't go fast, won't go big. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, like, I walked away from like I. It was a soft yeah. top, so I just pushed the top open and walked out. Wow. So we got another Jeep, and then we decided we wanted to do like this overlanding build, and we wanted to get like a. We eventually want to get like a little like a. Airstream type trailer, like just like a really small one. Um, because the goal, like with my writing and stuff like that, is like I eventually want to be a full time writer and travel. And at that point, I'm going to definitely have to downsize my pens. But, <laughs> but so we got a Tacoma, um, because at the time, like everyone, everyone loved the Tacoma. A lot of people built, build them up for overlanding and stuff. And I hated it. I hated it so much. I drove it for a year. The Gladiator came out, and it was everything we wanted, and so we ended up trading it in because I just, like, I love I love Jeeps. I love my Jeep. <laughs> yeah. But. I had a Tacoma for a while, um, and I liked it a lot, except that Tacomas are so small inside. Exactly. Like, I the mean, interior like my Jeep is now so is pretty small, small inside, but the, the Tacoma just feels, like, so compact. It's yeah. It, it it is. It, it it's like higher up like the like where your feet go. Like it just it wasn't comfortable. Like that was my biggest beef with it was like it felt so small inside. And my dad ended up getting a gladiator and I drove his gladiator so I wanted to try it and it was just I loved it so like just was so much better. And I was like, Okay, we're we're done. Like we're getting a gladiator and not keeping this Tacoma because it just wasn't like you said, it was like small, it was cramped, it just wasn't comfortable. So it's like I was in the wrong skin. I have two questions. One, do you take your pens when you go camping and do you write when you go camping? Uh, yeah. So I, um, we went on a trip last year. Um, we haven't gone camping this year just cause with COVID and stuff. Last year we did a, a road trip to a writing conference in Vegas and so we drove, we, we went to Death Valley. Well, we went up, we went to like Joshua Tree and then up to Death Valley. And then we overlanded in Death Valley. And so basically like we were off grid for like two days, like just completely, uh, that, that park is freaking huge. Like I never knew Death Valley was so big. 
Uh, we almost ran out of gas. It was kind of scary. But uh, but yeah, so I brought my pens and uh, did some like journaling. I have like a traveler's notebook. I think like the the Conid is like a really good like camping pen because it's like really rugged and it holds a lot of ink. So I had my Conid with me. Yeah, it's nice to just kind of like sit around the fire and like do some journaling and stuff. So my second question is, has your Jeep <laughs> made it into one of your books yet? <laughs> the answer to this question <laughs> <laughs> i've i've read ariel's book it will i will keep it secret but i loved it so much i purchased it for all of my office mates <laughs> and then gave it to them with no warning and they were like what is happening yeah so the book that i published like i said i wrote it during nano uh last year and that was also the the road trip that we took was in november so i actually wrote some of that book while we were overlanding in like in the rooftop tent i had my laptop with me and i was because i was trying to like because i was doing nano so i had to like write every day like even though we were traveling which is very difficult to do but yeah so yeah i that one was largely inspired by um our surroundings and the jeep and traveling and stuff like that i love it (laughs) so my last question is do i need to get a vehicle like you guys to be the (laughs) off-roading yeah, I think I, I think the yes. Yeah. <laughs> this new there's this new 2020 Bronco coming out or 2021. Mm. I don't know the new mm. Ford Bronco, <laughs> and I can f- hear you both cringing. <laughs> but I grew up with a Bronco. I will say this: the 2021 Bronco is perhaps the best reboot of an mm. older vehicle that I've seen to date. Like. I begrudgingly admit that it looks nice, but I would not buy one for like a few years. Just yeah, I get so it. That's like what a, I was telling, a little bit. That's of time. what I was telling Catherine when yeah. we were talking about it. Is that you know the first year of a of any vehicle body style, mm-hmm. like you never want that first year or even maybe the first two years because they're going to find all the bugs, all the things that break randomly like the air vents that pop out of place the whatever so <laughs> we've had that we've had a couple issues like that with the uh with the gladiator there were some because it we bought the first we bought a launch edition so it was like one of the first ones that came out and um we've had a couple they just had a couple of recalls uh one for like steering because a lot of people were having issues with steering and uh, one was like the little, the, like these little plastic pieces in the fenders would like come unattached and get like eaten by the people's tires and stuff. Like it was not pretty. And it's nice when they offer a recall. What's bad is when you have all these like piddly little and, and like they may seem like small problems to, to, to the manufacturer, but you know, like things start to rattle or whatever. And mm-hmm. you know, those are like, those are the kind of things like. My Cherokee has a rattle in the cargo area, and I'm like, <laughs> if I don't find this, I am going to drive it off a cliff. Like, just going to put a brick on the gas pedal. Yeah. Get in the back. I'll drive around, and you tell me where it's coming from. And then he goes, no, wait. You drive it. I'll get in the back until I find the rattle. <laughs> yeah, it's driving me bananas. And I'm like, if I had heard this during the test drive, it would still be sitting on the lot. Because, like, but yeah, so... If you can get a recall, that's one thing. Things that make Matthew Morse tick. Rattles inside of cars. <laughs> Exposed 
electrical wires. So like your TV cord hanging down behind your TV. He will hide it somehow. You go and buy an $800 TV and you're too cheap to hide the wires? Come on. He basically cannot handle my house because all my cords are <laughs> everywhere. <And> everything rattles. <laughs> I mean... The yes. house is an exposed wire. <laughs> basically, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're going to hate being here. Oh, I'm right. really no sorry. Anyway. Spring your toolbox. Yeah, <laughs> I already bought like some cable management for my office and like haven't done it yet. And I'm gonna be like, Matthew, would you like me to? Would you like to help me disappear all these wires? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, I think it's great. Is that like SpongeBob? Three days later, <laughs> Matthew is still, still hiding there, all hiding of the wires. No, none of the pins have been packed. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> but there are no wires, anywhere. and the rattle has been. Solved. We'll blame it on 2020. <laughs> you guys will get. You guys will get your retros in 2021. <laughs> Jk, they should be coming to you soon. Actually, this is going to come out, I think, on the day we're packing. So, if you're listening to this, send us words of encouragement and love, and like, maybe we'll go on Instagram live and just pack show pens. you this packing disaster <laughs> i don't know people might watch it or not i went on instagram live um for like two hours last weekend yeah i i had got that new nakaya in and i don't even know if i've talked about it on this podcast but i got a new nakaya because i have problems yeah we talked about it and um I was like, I just want to, like, show people them in a video because I can't, like, the, the photos don't do them justice. And I was like, are people interested if I go on live? And a bunch of people were like, yeah, definitely do it. And I ended up on Instagram live for two hours. I have so many problems. You were there. At this, I was at Drum Goals. And I was, because like I said, I was looking at that Kafka pen. And mm -hmm. I really wanted to, like... Because you had texted me about the Agatha Christie and you were like, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, do I'm going to do this. And I was just staring at that Kafka and I really wanted to like be texting you, like, please talk me out of this. <laughs> but you were doing that live. And so I didn't want to bother you because I kept popping in while I was at Drongles. I was there for like four hours on Saturday. It was bad. But <laughs> but I, I, I was like, it's real. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how you resisted it because that Kafka pen is amazing. You're so good. You're keeping to your conids. You love your conids. You're happy with your conids. It'll be worth it. Yeah, they're great pens. I'm awesome. so excited for the relaunch. Well, I think it's going to be we're a getting... disaster. Oh, I know. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to have how long they're going to even be open. I don't know. Nobody knows. We'll it's going to be wild. Okay, well, let's let's wrap it up, Ariel. Tell us, what have you been carrying the most lately? What do you love so much? So I carry, like, a dozen pens with me every day. <laughs> like, or, Oh, or you're actually, like me! Yeah, I carry, well, I have a, I actually carry more. So I have a, a six-pen rickshaw and a six-pen knock that I put, like, eight pens in. And then a two the two-pen Misubi, so... Like, 16 pence. 
Um, but my my main pins that I really use, um, my my cross concord with the Bocamundo, like that's just like my probably that and my uh, Conid. Those are like my top two like desert island pens, I guess at this point. But yeah, so those are the ones that I I always have with me. I always have ink. I actually used up all the ink in my um, cross concord today, so I have to figure out what I'm going to put in it next. But yeah, those are always inked and always with me because they're just like the nibs are great and the pens are beautiful and they're just great pens. <laughs> Good choice. Which conid do you have? I have a regular, and it's like uh, the flat top. Uh, titan- like titanium and demonstrator and that's I'm going to do the same thing when I get the king size I like demonstrator conids I don't really like the like the Delrin ones or whatever but yeah so I'm going to do the same thing like flat with the demonstrator and titanium and so a girl brought one um, her name's also Kat and she's also a doctor and she goes to uh, drum goals all the time and uh, I I had cool. mentioned to her that I wanted to try one out, and she said, "Oh, I have one. I will um, bring it with me." So she carried it for like a month, so until we crossed paths again, so I could uh, try it out. It was the, the exact model, king size, flat, all that, and it had a gold double broad nib on it. And I was just like, "Can I just have?" I would this? love a king size. <laughs> I, I, I would love to get a king size. I have I have the um. Minimalistica Monarch Edition, which is the Fonto Plumo yeah. Limited Edition, um, and it's got the it's full demo with the orange ebonite finials. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I love it, but I would love a king size. I need to. Yeah, they're great. They're like really balanced. I was worried it would be like a little bit too big or like a little bit too heavy. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's they're perfect. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just it feels like really good in your hand, and it has a nice weight to it it's like really well balanced and and that that gold double broad nib was just it was so good <laughs> i think the two Fancy. of you get along in terms of your love of demonstrator pens yeah <laughs> and we all three are like rotten rushi like, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah we have very similar pen tastes. i think that's kind of how we like originally bonded it was like yeah oh, we like the exact same pens <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we yeah, and then we became inseparable by the end of Dallas, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. I love <laughs> it. Awesome. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. Yes. Yeah. Thank thanks you for so having much. Me. Where can people find you online? Uh, the best place for me is like um, my Instagram. Like that's where I post pictures and stories and stuff like that. Uh, it's Toasty Treat on Instagram. Yeah, that's. I don't really have like a blog or a website or anything like that. So. Yet. 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 <laughs> I have. I, I. I just don't have time. Like with with trying to publish and stuff. It's just. I have to like. I get it. Segment. <laughs> segment all my time. I get it. Well, you can follow <laughs> me online at Inky Cat Writes and at InkyCatWrites.com. And I'm online at Hey Matthew and HeyMatthew.com. And we are online at bettimes.com. You can submit your questions or just generally drop us an email there. Our P.O. box is also listed. If you write us, I will write you back and send you a sticker if you ask for one. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening, and I hope you guys have a good week. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you too. Bye.